We've been talking about the importance of taking notes in the meeting because, you know, just this week alone while I've been preparing stuff, I was flicking through my notebook and something Io spoke a few weeks ago jumped out at me and challenged me again. You know, so it's important that we take notes of what God's saying. I, I, I speak this out, church, and say that we are entering a season of breakthrough and a season of miracles. Um, God is, we are on the verge of, we're already in it, but we're in the small beginnings of something that God is going to do over the next few months, which is going to be profound and miraculous. So I would say to you, don't miss a thing. Don't be a spectator of the church. Be part of the church. Be here, you know. Don't just drop in when you feel like it. God is doing something incredible and it's about to pick up speed and we're about to see breakthroughs and miracles in people's lives that they thought were impossible. But with my God, all things are possible. So I'm making things easier for you over notes. So this morning I have produced a note sheet for you. So if you haven't got a means to take notes this morning and you want to take notes, if you put your hand up, um, Eli is going to hand them round, and we've even got pens for you. So if you want to take notes, put your hands up. I know people have got gadgets that they take notes on, but maybe you still like to write it down. Um, so Eli's going around with that. Keep your hands up; he'll be with you in a minute. If this, uh, we've got, an, we've had problems with this microphone, as you know, and we've got a new aerial, believing it was the aerial. So, but it doesn't seem like it's the aerial. But anyway, so this evening, what? What can I say about last week's audience with? It was wow, wasn't it? It was absolutely wow. And every single week, as people are opening up and sharing their stories and sharing God's faithfulness and sharing the miraculous, you know what's happening in the church? People are like, if God did it for them, he can do it for me. If God did it for them, he can do it for me. And people are seeing their breakthroughs and people are seeing that in the midst of the storm, it's all right because they know God is faithful. And tonight... Um, we're having an audience with Ayo. I think he was a little bit unsure about it at the beginning when Barry asked him. But the reason why we're having a, an audience with Ayo is just he's great, but there's more to it than that. Ayo's going to share his story, but there is something about what he's going to share. And I've only heard a bit of it. And wow, like it's a topic and a subject that I think we can. Sorry? An eye opener. Yeah, I think it's something that we can all be a little bit oblivious to. And um, yeah, I'm not going to say any more than that because it's, I sat listening to a little bit of it and was like, okay, I never, I never realised, I didn't know. So that's six o'clock tonight and that's an audience with IO. So we've given out the note sheets and the pens. If you're new today, you are welcome here. So I don't know whether you realise, but our preaching series that we do, they are prayed about and prepared in advance and God speaks to us what he wants to bring to the church and we have a pool of you know people that know about that and are speaking into it um, and so I had my preach for today planned and ready to go about 10 days ago two weeks ago and I was like I am well ahead of the game I'd even got a prop ready and, and I, I like doing props, you know, I've been like, I've had a staff, I've been in the army up here, and I've done all different things. This prop included science, right? Like, that is a whole new level for my props. I said to Barry, I was like, my prop includes science. He was like, do you even know what science is? I was like, that's just rude. Anyway, I've got my prop, I've got my word ready, and then early hours of yesterday morning, God woke me up. And he was like, actually... You need to speak on something else. 
And you know when God says something, the only time we ever veer from the plan is when God says, hey, listen, I need you to speak something out this week. I need you to speak something different. And God showed me things prophetically over the meeting today and over the people that would be here. And you might not understand what prophetic means. Prophetic means is when God shows you something. He gives you an insight into him and how he sees things. And so I was woken early hours of yesterday morning and, and God prophetically spoke to me about this meeting. And then he told me what he needed to, me to speak on. He said this, because I'll just tell you what I was going to speak on. I was going to speak on visions and dreams and all of this. And it was all really, you know, about have you got a dream? for the, What's your vision for the future and everything? And then God woke me up and he, and he said, ah, you're not going to speak on that. He said, you know brokenness, Vicky. So you speak on brokenness. And God said this, you can talk about the visions and the dreams and the plans for the future. But there are people who are broken. There are people and they can't even get there. They can't even in their heads even begin to think, I need to seek God, I need to. They can't even feel like they're stirred spiritually because they are living in a valley called brokenness. They are living in a place called brokenness and, and they are carrying brokenness, they are carrying wounds. They're carrying some very deep wounds. Some people are carrying uh, fresh wounds. Some people are carrying wounds that are scabbed over, but you know at the moment, at the slightest moment, something's going to knock the scab off. And we will retreat and go back into the habitation of brokenness. And brokenness comes through many avenues. I've known much brokenness over the years. Uh, I said that to yesterday, yesterday to somebody. I was talking to somebody and I said, do you know what I've realized over the years? And I was like, oh. I'm not 25 anymore. I've just said over the years, that means I've matured and I'm older. But over the years, I've known much brokenness. Brokenness has come to me in many different ways. Brokenness has come to me, as you know, through death. Brokenness has come to me through grief. Brokenness has come to me through loss. Brokenness has come through to me through relationships. I've known much brokenness. Brokenness, sadly, is a part of life. But today I want to speak about the power of brokenness. And God is saying to us today that we are moving today from a place of knowing the devastation of brokenness to knowing the power of brokenness. And that power of brokenness is a positive power. It's a God power. Knowing that when you are in that place of brokenness, there is a power that can only come from God. And in that place of brokenness is where you will see his faithfulness. In that place of brokenness, you will know his peace. And I don't know how brokenness has found you today. I don't know what avenue that has taken. Maybe it's come through disappointment Maybe it has come through grief. Maybe it's come through death. Maybe it's come through betrayal, rejection, failure, misplaced loyalty. I don't know how today finds you, but I do know that God is saying today there is going to be a shift in this place, in people's lives. And that if you are sat here in a place of brokenness, maybe you have pushed it down so, 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 so deep that nobody probably even realizes you're broken. You know, I, I was thinking about how some people, you may feel that people around you have no regard for your brokenness. They don't care about your brokenness. They're just, ah, well, and you feel pushed aside in your brokenness. I want to tell you today 
that God is saying to you, you have my undivided attention in your brokenness. That I am not casting your brokenness aside. God is saying to you, I am not disregarding your brokenness. God is saying to you today, you have my undivided attention in your brokenness. And that today, if you will move with him and what he's speaking into your life, there is going to be a shift. And you are going to move from the devastation of brokenness to knowing the power of God in your brokenness. And when that happens, everything changes. I walk around and sing a lot and Barry will tell you about God's faithfulness. I'll, you know, be in the car and I'll be singing a song about God's faithfulness under my breath. Or I'll talk to God, to Barry about God's faithfulness and... You know, or I'll just say, listen, it doesn't matter. God's faithfulness prevails. But I want to say I've not always been that way. I've not always been able to take that stance in my brokenness. It came through a shift happening in me. And if you're feeling broken today, if you're carrying a brokenness of many years or something fresh that's maybe happened to you, I want to say to you that I understand that I'm coming from a place of vulnerability and saying, I understand, I know what it's like. But when God says, if you move with him, a shift will happen, I promise you this, it will. It really, really will. A shift will happen and God is speaking to us today. You know, it doesn't matter who disregards your brokenness. It doesn't matter who gives little regard. In Psalm 56 verse 8, it says, you keep track of all my sorrows. You have collected all my tears in your bottle. You have recorded each one in your book. Psalm 34 verse 18 says, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. My God sees today and my God knows and he sees the silent tears that have gone on behind closed doors. And he sees what you have been through when nobody has been able to understand you. God says to you today, I see, and you have my undivided attention. And today, a shift is about to happen. We're going to start looking in um, 1 Samuel about a story of somebody who knew brokenness. This person knew what it was like to be overlooked. She knew anguish. And she's a great example to look at on this subject. And it's in 1 Samuel chapter 1, starting in verse 1. There was a man named Elkanah who lived in Ramah in the region of Zuf, in the hill country of Ephraim. He was the son of Jeraham, son of Elihu, son of Tahu, son of Zuf. Wow. <laughs> of Ephraim. Elkanah had two wives. Hannah and Peninnah. Peninnah had children, but Hannah did not. Each year, Elkanah would travel to Shiloh to worship and sacrifice to the Lord of Heaven's armies at the tabernacle. The priests of the Lord at that time were the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas. On the days Elkanah presented his sacrifice, he would give portions of the meat to Peninnah, the wife who had the children, and to each of her children. And though he loved Hannah, he would give her only one choice portion because the Lord had given her no children. So Hannah's brokenness and Hannah's lack was very obvious. It was very distinctive. 
particularly in that time. And then it goes on to say, so Peninnah would taunt Hannah and make fun of her because the Lord had kept her from having children. Year after year, it was the same. Peninnah would taunt Hannah as they went to the tabernacle. Each time, Hannah would be reduced to tears and would not even eat. Peninnah had no regret for Hannah's brokenness. None whatsoever. No understanding, no care. In fact, she went to the level of taunting her, of speaking about her, of making her life miserable, of making her cry, of hurting her. So it wasn't that she just didn't have any regard for her. She went to a whole other level. Why are you crying, Hannah? Elkanah would ask. Why aren't you eating? Why be downhearted just because you have no children? You have me. I'm sorry, I've got to just stop at that minute and have a little laugh. Hannah is broken, right? And Elkanah's answer is, you have me. Some people just don't get it. (laughs) I'm like, whoa, Elkanah, I'm sure you were fabulous. But this woman, she's broken. Her heart's desire hasn't been met. And as fabulous as you are, you're not enough, mate. Let me encourage you. There will be people in your world who will just not get it. But you have God's undivided attention. And God's eye is on you and he's on me. We're going to move on from Elkanah. He was completely oblivious to her brokenness. He probably saw some tears and just thought she's at it again. He was oblivious to her brokenness. But I want to tell you, if there's people in your world who are oblivious to your brokenness, it's okay. Just let them carry on with it. Don't try and make them understand it. Know that God's eye is on you. And the next section of this, scripture, this passage of Scripture says, Hannah's prayer for a son. Once after a sacrificial meal at Shiloh, Hannah got up and went to pray. Eli the priest was sitting at his customary place beside the entrance of the tabernacle. Hannah was in deep anguish, crying bitterly as she prayed to the Lord. And she made this vow, O Lord of heaven's armies, if you will look upon my sorrow and answer my prayer and give me a son, then I will give him back to you. He will be yours for his entire lifetime. And as a sign that he has been dedicated to the Lord, his hair will never be cut. In all the taunting, in all the misunderstanding, in all the disregard, Hannah placed herself before the Lord. Because she knew he is the one whose eye is on me. And she prays this prayer, and this isn't a weak prayer. This isn't, oh, she's an emotional wreck. This is a heartfelt prayer to her God. A heartfelt prayer that says, Lord, I'm just coming to you. I'm offloading onto you. And I know when you bless me, I've got to bless you back, Lord. I've got to bless you. I'm not going to keep him all to myself. I'm going to bless you back, Lord, because of what you've given me. As she was praying to the Lord, Eli, the priest, watched her, seeing her lips moving but hearing no sound. He thought she had been drinking. Must you come here drunk, he demanded, 
throw away your wine. He couldn't have got it more wrong. He couldn't have got it more wrong. Hannah comes to the place where she moves away from the one that's taunting. As she moves away from that, she presents herself before the Lord and bam, somebody else that doesn't understand her. She didn't take offense. She just says, oh no, sir, she replied. I haven't been drinking wine or anything stronger, but I am very discouraged. And I was pouring out my heart to the Lord. Don't think I'm a wicked woman. For I've been praying out of great anguish and sorrow. In that case, Eli said, go in peace. May the God of Israel grant the request you have asked of him. Oh, thank you, sir, she exclaimed. Then she went back and began to eat again, as she was no longer sad. You see, when she presented herself before God, she came in her brokenness. She came in her anguish. And she presented herself before God and in her prayer, there's actually no self in there. There's nothing selfish in there. You could say, well, she's asking for a son, that's selfish. She's actually coming to God and bearing her heart and saying, God, this is my heart's desire. And Lord, if you grant me my heart's desire, I promise I'm going to stay on the path. And make this promise, God, and make this vow to you. But she just presented herself before the Lord and she just spoke to him and she just prayed. But then it said she was no longer sad. You see, she had released her brokenness to the only one who would understand. To the only one who could make the impossible happen. To the only one who loved her beyond anybody else would ever love her. She'd released herself. And a shift happened, you see, because... When she was surrounded by the voices of people, she remained in turmoil. She, when Peninnah was saying what she was saying, you didn't find it then that Hannah went, oh, she was happy, she wasn't sad anymore, she went home and ate. She was in turmoil. Listen to the voices of people, listen to the voices of people, listen to the voices of people. Her husband, he didn't get it, he just thought he was wonderful. Listening to the voices of people. Then she goes to Eli, she's listening to the voices of people. Her peace came when she stopped talking to everybody else and she went to God and she said, God, I am pouring out my brokenness on you and I am telling you my heart's desire, even though you already know, I'm opening a dialogue with you, Lord, because I'm desperate. I'm broken. Nobody else gets it, God, but I'm living. I'm living in a valley of brokenness and I don't want to live here anymore. So God, here's what I'm going to do. I know you're faithful. So I'm going to come. I'm going to lay it at your feet. I'm going to walk away knowing that whatever the outcome, I have your undivided attention and your eye is on me. You see, when we're in these situations, when I've been in situations, we see in front of us, we see around us, we hear this, we do this, we see that. And all that is happening is we are being fueled and run by our flesh and by our emotions. And over the years and in my past, I look back and I see how I've done that. And I didn't consult God. Or maybe I consulted God in a way that I wanted him to answer rather than just coming to him in my brokenness. People may misunderstand your brokenness. Church, in fact, people will misunderstand your brokenness. I have spent years and years and years feeling misunderstood, but not by my God. 
People may trample on your brokenness. Pretty sure they will. People may give no regard for your brokenness, but it has God's undivided attention. And when it has God's undivided attention, you don't need any other voices around you. I would say protect who is speaking into your life. There are times when I know it can only be me and God. And I share stuff with Barry at a later basis. And I know that it's the same with him because God is paramount. He is the one. And there's times when I've had anguish that has been so deep down that I haven't uttered a word to anybody else. Because I'm like, God, I need you. And when I come to you and I open myself up and I open the dialogue, I have your undivided attention. And you will speak to me and transform me in a way that nobody else can. And you know in that brokenness, sometimes God's had to teach me some stuff. It's not just been about fixing the problem. God's had to teach me some stuff. I've had to mature in it. And maybe the reason for whatever you're going through today is because God is producing something within you. God has produced stuff within me in my brokenness. Tina spoke last Sunday night. Wow, brokenness. Brokenness all over the place. But what was she said? I just want to give God all the glory. Because she knew in her brokenness, she knew when everything else around her was falling apart, she knew when she didn't have anybody to speak to, she had God's undivided attention. And for me, what would happen is I would experience a brokenness. And I would live in the, the valley of brokenness and I would set up camp in the valley of brokenness and it became safe because it's what I knew and I knew how to cope with it and I knew coping mechanisms and I knew when the anxiety hit and I knew how to live in the camp of brokenness and what would happen was as time went on and it began to heal I would venture out of my tent in the valley of brokenness and I would start to have a little wander around and I'd start to live life until something came my way and I would have to retreat back into the tent in the valley of brokenness because suddenly the scabbard began to lift because it was things that I tried to heal for myself it was things that I tried to make better and we will be in the valley of brokenness and sometimes we'll come out of it and we feel like we're getting our head above it but if it's not truly dealt with with the most high God then we will end up retreating back to where we are in the safety of the tent that is in that valley and we will live in it and we will pull the zip down and we will sit there and we're like, I can't come out. I can't come out. I can't face anybody. I can't see anybody. I know if I come out, this is going to happen. I know if I come out, that's going to happen. But God is saying today, you have my undivided attention. And today, there is a shift about to happen. When things changed for me was when I stopped looking at the situation. And I stopped looking at the situation from my perspective. The situation was still there. Nothing had changed. You see, with Hannah, when she left the temple, nothing had changed. But everything had changed. Everything had changed. Because when you shift from ourselves and our own flesh and looking at things in our own natural thinking and the way we think, when it shifts 
to a higher level, when it shifts to a spiritual level, when it shifts to our being for an audience of one, everything changes. We live our life with an audience of people around us and all we ever need, guys, is an audience of one. The one that we go to and say, hey, I'm broken. The one that we go to and say, listen, Lord, this is where it finds me and, and I need you. You know my heart's desire. Do you know God knows our heart's desire better than we know our own heart's desire? He made us. He created us. And something shifted in me when I began to just go to him and present myself to him. And there's been a psalm that's been an anchor over the last few years in my life. And, and I, I read it more than ever. It's just... Barry knows it's something I share with Barry. I've shared with other people for them. And, and I'm going to read the psalm to you because this psalm has helped me so much in understanding what to do in brokenness and understanding what happens when you do the right thing in brokenness. And this is where the power of brokenness comes into play. Now, people may look at the negative power of brokenness. Oh, well, it's very powerful. It's debilitating. It says, no, I'm talking about the positive power of brokenness. Because what I've learned over my years, I keep saying this, don't I? What I've learned over my years is that when I've done the right thing in my brokenness, it's been extremely powerful. It's been extremely powerful. And actually what was going on in that brokenness, it wasn't about the brokenness, it's about where I am today and where I'm going. And nothing is ever wasted. It says in the word that the Lord will make all things beautiful in his time. It says that he's got a good life for us. It says he's got good plans for us. It says that we'll have a life in all its fullness. So my God, he's the one. He's the one. Psalm 91. This has been my anchor. And I know it will be your anchor. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. You see, we will pray to God in our brokenness, right? And we will pray, well, I don't know, maybe it's just me. But I've prayed to God in my brokenness, oh God, will you just sort this out and just sort that and just sort out the other. The thing is, God's been here. I'm sorry if I wreck your little setup, Wayne. God's been here and I've been here. Oh God, God, just sort this situation out. Oh God, just help me. Oh God, make it right. But actually what Psalm 91 says, those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. You see, to find rest is to be close. We have in front of our house a little storm porch thing, I don't know what it's called, like a little ledge thing. And when it's throwing it down, all right, there's seven of us. We all want to be under the storm thing. Like, probably only fit two people on it. You're like, here's the cross, there's all trying to get under the storm. But what we're doing is we're removing ourselves from the storm and we're placing ourselves under shelter. 
But so many times in our life when there's a storm going on, we're over here and the shelter's over there and we're just expecting the shelter to make it all okay. And it's like, it's not going to happen. If you're walking along and there is a shadow, and there's a shadow here, I don't know whether you can see it, but there's a shadow here, right? Well, my shadow only goes so far. So for somebody to be in my shadow and walk in my shadow, they need to be close to me, not up the other end of the room. So this talks about positioning yourself and positioning myself next to the almighty God. Almighty God. This I declare about the Lord. Wow, I've said this many times. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He's my God and I trust him. So when I'm in his shadow and when I'm under his shelter and it's all still kicking off out there, because once I get onto the storm porch at home, the storm doesn't stop. So when I'm here and I'm in the shadow of the Almighty, I can begin to declare his goodness. Instead of living out here in the chaos. Because I'm aligning myself and I'm positioning myself next to the Almighty and I begin to declare you alone are my refuge. Whereas out there, because of all the voices, I couldn't hear who is my refuge. You alone are my refuge. And then it says this about the almighty God, your God, my God, for he will rescue you from every trap and protect you from deadly disease. He will cover you with his feathers. He will shelter you with his wings. How can he do that if we're not close to him? You know, I was reading about um, a, a, a mother bird, hen, let's call her a hen, a hen and her chicks. And I was reading about these horrendous bushfires that had gone on, I think, in Australia. And in the aftermath, they went and they saw this mound of something on the floor and they thought, what's that? And they kicked it with the foot. And as they kicked it with the foot, the mound was alive. And it was the mother. And she'd managed to, she was injured, but she'd managed to. But here's what happened as they kicked it, not realising it was a bird. Out from underneath her wing were eight perfectly healthy chicks. And they ran. And it was the firemen that were talking about. And they were like, it was like in this devastation. We just saw this new life. We just saw this new life because the wing is, is, is there for protection. The wing is there to regulate temperature. The wind, the, the wing, I keep saying the wind. The wing is there. Actually, they can be fed under the wing. Everything can happen under the wing. But if we're not close, how do we get under the wing? It says he will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armour and protection. Do not be afraid of the terrors of the night, nor the arrows that fly in the day. Do not dread the disease that stalks in darkness, nor the disaster that strikes at midday. Because here's the thing, when I was living in the camp of brokenness, I was dreading stuff. I was dreading it. I was dreading the phone ringing. I was dreading a knock at the door. I was dreading leaving the house. I was dreading seeing people. I was dreading the letterbox going. When I lived in the camp of brokenness and in the valley of brokenness, there was a huge dread over my life. Though a thousand fall at your side, though 10,000 are dying around you, these evils will not touch you. Why? Because I'm in the shadow of the Almighty God and I'm under his wing. 
And he's saying, it doesn't matter who sets traps. It doesn't matter what's trying to come against you. It's not going to harm you. Now, it's still all going on around you. And you can see what's going on around you. And you know what's going on around you. But where everything changes is when you know that you move from the many voices to being in the shadow of the Almighty. Just open your eyes and see how the wicked are punished. If you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the Most High your shelter, no evil will conquer you. No plague will come near your home. Listen to this. For he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. One translation says this. He has placed a special assignment on his angels for you. They will hold you up with their hands. These angels, they'll hold you up. So you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. You will trample upon lions and cobras. You will crush fierce lions and serpents under your feet. The Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name. When they call on me, I will answer. Hannah went home after calling on the name of the Lord. And a year later, she returned with the son. You call on me, I will answer. What do you need to call on him about today? What is it that you're carrying? What are those wounds? I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue and honor them. I will, will reward them with a long life and give them my salvation. You see, there is a power in brokenness because when we get to that place of being in the shadow and in the shelter of the Most High, when we position ourselves close to him, so close that when something happens, he can just get us under his wing. It's all right. Steady. Be still. When we live in that place, all these promises are yes and amen. So there is a power in brokenness. And maybe you've only lived knowing the devastation of brokenness. And I, I want to tell you this, you know, I, I'm just human. It doesn't mean that in my brokenness there aren't tears shed. But it does mean that I have something firm beneath my feet. That I know all I have to do is make sure I'm here. Because when I'm here and I'm in the shelter and I'm in the shadow of the Almighty God, there is a power in my brokenness that will affect my future, that will affect other generations, that is getting me ready for something else. And I've got to stop worrying about all the other voices all I have to do is dead simple just stay in the shadow of the almighty just rest in the shelter of his wing how do you do that you pull yourself away from all the voices and you get with him you create a place where like Hannah you just go God I'm broken but in my brokenness, I'm believing for something miraculous. And I know that I'm protected. You may feel surrounded by darkness today. 
but position yourself in the shelter and under his wing. When I have found myself here, it's all still gone on out there. But when you position yourself and you position yourself for goodness and you position yourself for peace and you position yourself for greatness and you position yourself for the miraculous, all that, he'll sort it out. You see, we sometimes think things need dealing with and they don't need dealing with. Sometimes we think things don't need dealing with when actually they do need dealing with. But when you're here under the shelter, he'll start to pour his wisdom into you. Ask him for wisdom. Ask him for his peace. Everything you need will be found in the shelter and the shadow of the Almighty. Every single thing you need. And I would say today to you, what is your brokenness? Are you like Hannah? Or are you out here in the storm, staying in the storm, listening to all the voices, seeing all the waves crashing, looking at everything that's going on? Because today God is saying to you there will be a shift in your life if you will just move closer to me. And ask of me what you want. To blind Bartimaeus, Jesus turned around and said, what can I do for you? He was blind, it was obvious. But Jesus still wanted blind Bartimaeus to say to him, this is what I want, Lord. Lord, this is what I need. And in his brokenness, there was a power for the miraculous. Let's just stand to our feet, church. What are you carrying today? What do you need him to take care of for you? After carrying a burden and brokenness for many years, there was a day where I had a Hannah moment and it was in my early 20s. And what I'd carried for many years had ended up creating anxiety, panic attacks and fears that God would take it from me and God would help me. But this one day I had a Hannah moment and you know what I did? I said this, God, I cannot carry this any longer. There was no other voices around me. I just came before God and I said, God, I can't carry it any longer. And it was as if I picked it up and I threw it at him. And I was like, you've got to take it, God. You've got to take it from me. I am broken. I am broken. I don't know where to go from here. But God, I know this one thing. Your faithfulness always prevails. And knowing that I position myself and I position myself close to him. And over the years I've had to continue to learn it when a storm has hit, to position myself close to him. And he has never, ever failed. Because when you have your Hannah moment, you have his undivided attention. We're going to go back in and we're going to sing this song, Be Still, one of my favourite songs. I sing this a lot. Be still and know that the Lord is in control and the worship team will just play this gently. Where you're sat today, you can have your Hannah moment. God woke me up early in the hours of the morning when you know brokenness, speak on brokenness because there's a shift that needs to happen in people's lives. And today you can have your Hannah moment right where you're sat. Maybe you want to come out and have prayer. If you can, we're around at the front. God has said today there is a shift about to happen. Move with him. 